0: This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy. ora <laughs> 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 hey, right, and welcome to episode 165 of the Half Measures podcast i was again joined by my friend and ho-coast, Mr. Paul Canauer. How you doing, pal?
1: Got it down, I'm good. Uh, so that, sorry, was that ho-coast?
0: Ho-coast, Ho that is the official. Okay. We, and just, just to bring everyone in on this backstory, we've just had one of our, our Patreon producers um, join the start of the of this sort of recording tonight, tried to, I guess, you know, demo reel and intro, said the word ho-coast,
1: that this is the way. Honestly, it was a real shock when I came on the on the call, and they, I feel like they gave their best effort to try and convince me that they would be the the better co-host. And within the first line, when she said "host," I was I was like, "You're done."
0: Look, some people are better to be, you know, Patreon producers in the background, <laughs> and some people are better to be on the mic. I would say
1: you are braver than I, Dan.
0: Indeed, indeed. I, the thing is, I, I have this false sense of confidence because I can make these comments and then she's not going to listen to it for at least three to five days. So hopefully, you know, hopefully when she does, like, you know, it'll be yeah.
1: fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. If this is fine. indeed the last podcast we ever do, listeners know exactly why. Um, yeah.
0: On, on my tombstone, you can put, here lies the, the ho-coast of half-measures. <laughs> okay. All right, Paul, you know what to do. What have you been watching?
1: All right, so very excited to talk about what I've got this week, Dan. And just a quick support it to stay tuned for our mailbag segment later where someone, Dan, has finally used our snail mail postal address and we received a little something in the mail. So Amazing. a little, little teaser for that. This week, Dan, I have uh, a 10-episode first season of a 2023 tv show look at me all modern and up to date with the new stuff and that is a netflix series called the night agent so the night agent uh is a story about a low-level fbi agent peter sutherland who he works in the basement of the white house and it's kind of like a as the name suggests a night shift where he mans an office with a phone that pretty much never rings but it's there just in case agents out in the field have a situation and then of course one night it does and it propels him into this whole big conspiracy that ultimately and I'll stay spoiler light in this review because I'm really keen for you, yourself and maybe others to 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 certainly go away and watch this it leads all the way to the over office so it really builds some momentum uh, what a great find of a series this was! I was I was essentially intrigued by the poster and the title and the genre, but I was really really surprised how much I got into this. It's one of those shows, as I say, ten episodes. We were you know watching every night was another two episodes or whatever. Couldn't wait to get back into it. Press play, so good. Each episode just under an hour each, so there is a fair amount of sort of you know investment of time for a, a pretty big story to unfold. But this is a really, really great find, Dan. Is this one that's on your radar?
0: It is on my radar, and it's one that I I remember when they were sort of teasing it quite heavily on Netflix. It, it kind of sparked a bit of interest. I must admit, this is one where I was surprised to see it was a series as opposed to a, a movie, and which isn't something I say very often. And the one thing that has put me off is one of my friends at work has has been watching this and they've kind of been, they kind of came into it with the same intent. Like it kind of looks interesting, it kind of looks okay, but kind, like there's a little bit of cringe dialogue and, and cringe moments, but they, they didn't write it off. They were just sort of saying that there's some moments in here that maybe don't quite stack up, but it, it hasn't put me off. It's still very much on the, on the watch list.
1: Yeah I think that's I can I can already tell where your friend from your your day job is is coming from there because there are a few things where they do border on a little bit of cliche or a little bit of Hollywood mm-hmm. just a little bit but I what's the word forgive I forgave that because there was something about the 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 lead pair um so in the role of Peter Sutherland um Gabrielle Basso, and then as the role of Rose Lark in Lucianne Buchanan, those two together were just so top-notch that they just had such a incredible natural chemistry that I, it just I just sort of forgave those moments because I I think I can pick out a couple of things that they may be referring to, but for me this was a real good tense uh, action type show, great story great overall plot you know throwing in some of those white, white white house politics um a bit of everything you might say a bit of homeland a bit of jack ryan and a real feel sort of like a almost like a bodyguard type feel too without trying to sort of give too much away but yeah it's it's definitely one i would recommend yes there are some moments that i think i understand what you, that reference is about but i i would certainly be still recommending this one
0: yeah look it's, as I say it's still very much on my on my radar it looks like from an, an IMD point of view that it's it's rating fairly well uh it's it's quite popular it's number eight at the moment which is which is very good um I enjoy a good sort of bit of spy thriller action and it, I'm intrigued to see do the ten episodes sort of have a good a good flow? Is there a, does it feel like there's any filler episodes? Does it sort of feel like they've got that that balance right in the storytelling?
1: No, I wouldn't say there's any filler. I would say it's pretty steady throughout, and it peaks well too. So, you know, there's no sort of lull for me in the middle at all. It just continues to sort of rise and rise and rise to a real good finale. And on that. They recently announced uh, a couple of weeks ago the second season. Um, so it has been renewed for a second season. And there's definitely a story to be told with these characters. I think the the guy who plays Peter, Gabriel Basso, you may potentially remember him as like a, I guess like a 16 year old in Super 8, um, that classic J.J. Abrams movie. I haven't, I don't think I've seen him since then, but he he is great. He for me is the real sort of breakout role type actor in this. He's he's just a really, really likable guy. He's like he's he's quite a he's quite a big guy, but he's really he's just he's just a nice guy and it's you just really he's got really you know, kind eyes. He's an He really empathises. He's he's a we see you laughing at me, but we talked can, can about
0: Can I call this. this? Can I call this episode "Kind Eyes" because it's like the, <laughs> yeah. maybe the greatest thing that I've ever heard in my life. I'm, I'm writing it down right now. <laughs>
1: That's kind the title. Eyes. Kind eyes. Okay, either that or co- okay, okay. So, um, he um. Uh, where was I going with this? He kind of, we talked about that same sort of thing when we talked about Jack Reacher, the TV series, and we talked about the dude that played Jack Reacher, you know, like a big sort of guy, but mm. just able to act and just really down to earth and really gave it a human touch, a, a, a real natural down to earth element that made it believable because if they cast his role wrong, the whole thing will go in the direction that your colleague was referring to before, I think, because it has to be played just right. And then opposite him in the in the lead role of Rose, um, Lucianne Buchanan. She is really, really strong, great performance. Shout out to her as well, because she's born right here in Aotearoa. Um, she's also a producer on a show called The Panthers, which I reviewed a couple of years ago. So she's really, really talented, and she keeps him in check throughout the whole series. And again, the two of them together, just a real natural chemistry, which for me takes me through the whole story and makes me believe and makes me sort of really sort of you know I'm really rooting for them to be successful and to, to get out of a situation or, or to whatever it is I really enjoyed their dynamic
0: well you've sold it to me Paul I I'll, I'll bump it up the list it's um I'm coming to the end of a of a big binge watch at the moment so I, I am looking for new content so I think I might check this one out
1: really easy watch would be my thing and I think because I know you like a bit of Jet Ryan and Homeland, I think that style of stuff is here. I do want to give one last shout out, and that's to the actress uh, Hong Cho, who plays Diane. Uh, that's someone we saw recently, you and I both saw in The Menu, and I also saw in Pokerface. This is my best sort of enjoyment of seeing her on screen, and I love the way she swears. She, Some people in this world just swear really well and it's a really satisfying i put her up there with you know like some of the greats you know the the the, uh, the joe pesci's the the trisha brady's some of the people from my work who will remain nameless in terms of their ability just to swear just perfectly on screen with great humor it keeps it keeps it real so yeah that's the night agent season one on netflix then
0: it's amazing i love a show when someone's got kind eyes so i'll be i'll be checking it out
1: (laughs) that's never gonna okay here we go what have you got for me dan what have you been watching
0: so i i've been i'm i'm catching up on succession so i've already over the last few weeks i've season one and season two um i've now finished season three and i'm actually well into season four um, and I'm I'm up to date now with the Monday night drops and it's so good being back in the Monday night drop game and I won't talk about season four yet because I I kind of want to want to bookmark my my review at the end of season three nice. <sighs> look it's been another uh, another fantastic season I think um, the last words I maybe said about season two at the end is like it kind of left my my jaw on mm, the on that's on right. the floor and it, it just kind of continued to kind of like pick up and, and, and run with that season. I I don't think – I think this is sometimes the challenge of a binge is you've got to remember when you go back to the start of a season, they're, they're slowing the tempo down again and they're kind of rebuilding mm. the story. But knowing that this show ends with its fourth season has just been so good. I'm, I'm still enjoying every single minute of it. I'm genuinely sad that I can't just go and watch a couple of episodes – Per night. Yeah. Um, I, I, on the flip side, I do feel like it's kind of right that this is only a four season show, in the sense that, you know, there's, they've really kind of stretched and pulled the storyline in every possible direction they can, and they've added enough twists and turns to keep everyone interested. But I think to go on to sort of six, seven, eight seasons, it would, it would be too much. Mm. I think it would sort of lose its greatness. Whereas I think heading towards four, perfect. Um. This season, again, it's it's so difficult to talk about because I know that you know you might watch it. I know that
1: I'm watching for sure.
0: I know that you know there's going to be people that once this final season kind of finishes over the next um, couple of weeks, they'll they'll be jumping on it. So, I guess what I'm saying, season three, still amazing. Absolutely love this binge. Season four, so, 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 so good. I can't wait to kind of um, have a sort of final chat about season four. It's it's a top quality show, top quality cast. Um, I've been seeing a lot of press of a lot of the Succession cast um, at the, the Met Gala uh, event in New yes. York. And just people are making some fantastic little short videos with Succession um Soundtrack overlays. The milk is good, Paul. The milk is good. I, I honestly, I just I want more people watching this show so that we can have more chats about it. It's just so incredible.
1: You, you just go with kind eyes. What about the milk is good? I mean, I have seen a lot of memes of this. I've seen a lot of gifts in my timeline because obviously with the season four, you know, so it's all over my feed. No matter where I look at the moment, um, in terms of the the three seasons to date. Um, obviously sort of putting the fourth season aside, is this a show that generally trends upward as it goes from season to season, would you say?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think um I think the only thing that I think it is a show that, like, it's been great to binge, but I've also, by binging it, it feels like I'm kind of not repeating storylines, but it feels mm. like that maybe the depth to the story isn't quite as deep as it might be as if you've been watching this over the last five years, because it probably feels a bit fresh and kind of here we go again. Mm. Um, whereas watching it kind of back to back, like I have been, it's like I kind of feel myself like yelling at the characters, like, ah, oh, don't do that. Oh, God, you always do that. Um, but I think one thing they've done really well, regardless of story, is they really make you love and hate characters so often, and you can go into a season absolutely being like Kendall is my favorite, Roman is my favorite, Jerry is my favorite, and by the end, you're like they're the worst they're the worst person on earth <laughs> and and they'll compl- and then and then you'll be back again in the next season, so I think they've they've really cast this well. They've really got, kind of got the storytelling on lock. I, I feel like I can't wait to kind of deep dive into some, uh, I guess, commentaries and sort of critic reviews of some of the the character arcs and the stories once this is all done because I think there's, there's something almost kind of Shakespearean about this uh, as, it, as it all plays out. So it's good. I just um, – it's It's just so hard to talk about without spoiling any components of it, so I can't wait. When, once you start watching it, when we can really sort of like bounce back and forth what's happened, it's going to be good. And I, I do think this will be a show that I'll happily sit down and watch again. That's how much I've enjoyed it.
1: Lovely. I love that. I, I look at the cast and Brian, the Brian Cox is, is the drawcard for me without any shadow of a doubt. And of, of the clips I've seen, it's always his demeanor and his his reaction to people that, feels like something that i relate to and where i might jump in so and when you talk about this show you you don't talk about logan as much you talk about a lot of the other characters so that's really intriguing to me because those are the ones which have obviously resonated with you so that's fascinating too
0: i think because like logan like logan is the show like brian cox is the show like he's he is such a powerhouse in a like he's so terrifying and yet you weirdly end up caring for him as well as a character because I don't like it's like he, like he's built this huge empire, but he's also a terrible human being who treats people like garbage and has a terrible relationship with his children and they are equally scumbags and broken individuals and it's it, it's 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 just so good it's it's everything you want on for a drama television show.
1: that's awesome. And to your other point, Dan around the number of seasons Um, four is starting to feel like in a modern day world where we've got so much that four is starting to feel pretty good. There are a few shows where I think, yes, six is just right. We did that recently with Better Call Saul, but to go beyond six, and I know you had that with, with, with Game of Thrones, I'm trying to struggle now to think of anything other than Homeland that I have watched in the last decade that warranted going that long because mm. we've talked at length about The Walking Dead not needing to be 36 seasons, and it's like uh yeah, four is good.
0: I, I think what you I guess what we typically find is like, you know, the only show that's kind of coming to mind for me right now, apart from Game of Thrones, is a show like Sons of Anarchy. And I think I think that went for seven or eight seasons. But again, I think once you've once you do hit that mark, you do find you're kind of like or the office for example like you do kind of think oh this season wasn't as good or that you know and you kind of start chunking up big seasons of it as kind of a write-off um whereas i think if you're kind of really tight with that somewhere between four and six and you kind of know you starting start an end point that's really good
1: nice um before we go any further down as we're off track a little bit because i've been i've been getting involved on the on the TikTok, and it's not good for me. It's a real time waster, but hey, it is what it is. I don't have many voices in life. But one of the things that my algorithm seems to throw up for me a lot, and I don't know how or where it's come from, but it's 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 coming a lot. Uh little clips um from Mr. In Between.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um So good. This is a show that I know is is close to your heart and you've had in your top 10 before. And I'm just trying to get a gauge from you in terms of when you're thinking about your Ozarks and your Mister In-Betweens and your Successions and some of the – like, where are these, are these sitting in terms of level?
0: If I was to pull you together a, a top 10 TV shows of all time right now, this would definitely be in the in that top 10. Okay. Um, I – a bit like you with uh, one of your reviews last week, I can all but guarantee Season 4 of Succession will be in my top 10 of 2023. Yep. Uh, probably – Probably in the high part of the, probably in that sort of five to one category. So um yeah, it's it's it, it is very much up there. It's funny you say that though, just as a as I digress, I've been getting a few Mister In Between clips on TikTok as well, and <laughs> not with any context or anything. It'll just be like a here's a three minute clip of of Mister In Between, and that's drawing me back in as well because again. You know you know how much I love that show.
1: Yeah, well, that was what you were saying about how they're all scum, whatever, and I was just seeing a few clips of the dude from Mr. Between* just basically dealing to people who were disrespecting his daughter or whatever, and I was just like, I'm all about that.
0: Maybe that's my thing. Maybe that's my kink pause. I just love, like, I love bad guys doing good, and maybe that's my – maybe, you know, I think we'll talk about this a little bit with the movie of the week, and when I think about my love for movies like Drive, like, I love the misunderstood bad guy. Like, it's yeah. – Yep. It's just good.
1: Nice. I love that.
0: So um, that is all I've been watching. So apart from our movie of the week, so coming in a little bit like this week, shall we jump into our movie of the week?
1: Indeed. So every week Dan and I take it in turns, to choose a movie to watch and review on the podcast. We announce a week in advance what that movie will be in our Discord, which you can join uh, merry band of discorders by clicking on the link in the show notes for wherever you're listening to the podcast this week then this week i made the comment when i sent you through my movie of the weeks so i said oh i feel like it's slim pickings that was what i felt like and i was sort of struggling to find something that really grabbed me and so i looked on an app which i watch a lot of tv shows on but i've never to my knowledge watched a movie on before and that's the tvnz plus app And I have to say, I was really impressed by the back catalogue of movies that they had on that app. So if you are in New Zealand, don't disregard TVNZ Plus as a place to go get some movies. And this week's movie is from there, and it's the 2012 movie, The Place Beyond the Pines.
0: Indeed, I've often found myself, you know, some weeks it can be quite challenging finding some good movie other week's options, and I've been finding myself to put my hand into that. Uh, TVNZ lolly jar so I agree with you a, a good source of movies. So this movie um, stars you know the much loved Ryan Gosling, um, Bradley Cooper and Eva Mendes and it's about a motorcycle stunt rider um, which is Ryan Gosling who turns to Robin banks as a way to provide for his lover and their newborn son and it's basically the, the course of his action uh, sets a S- sets a whole bunch of characters into a bit of a collision course uh, with a rookie cop trying to navigate a department r- um, ruled by corrupt detectives. This is this is a bit of an older movie, but I think it's a great movie. And it, it watch it like this is the second time I've watched this movie. Oh, and it's um like and I it I think I watched it when it first came out, um, but I was. I think after talking about Ryan Gosling and looking at his back catalogue, and and when you sort of put this movie up, I was like, oh, I'd love to rewatch this movie again. So, I thought, why not? This is a perfect opportunity. I had a I had a really good time. I I think, I, again, another kind of I think movie kink for me is I just kind of love the the slow burn, intense at, atmosphere, super moody. Um, I think the. The one thing that threw me the very first time I saw this movie, and it didn't throw me as much this time, is actually how short Ryan Gosling's mm. role is in this movie. And because it's kind of broken up into almost three kind of segments with different sort of parts of the timeline taking place, it's it's quite a bold choice to kind of, you know, Bradley Cooper back in the day, still sort of very sort of like new and sort of young in his career. Um, Ryan Gosling definitely the star um they make some bold choices but i think ultimately they pay off how did you find this one
1: yeah i really enjoyed this movie and i think um obviously you mentioning ryan gosling's character dying so early in the movie i think we're quite able to talk spoilers given this movie's been out for over a decade i was also shocked when his character gets taken out with you know almost i'd say more than half the movie to go um because and we're going to talk about some of the support because some of them are terrific but i'm going to be a little bit controversial then and i'll say actually almost until i saw this movie and this was my first watch i've i've never been 100 percent convinced about bradley cooper like i i think he's great in the hangover series and i i actually thought he was superb as face in the a-team movie which I'll say for the record once again is an underrated movie and why there's no sequel there when so many other movies have had sequels, I don't know, but that's a different conversation. But in a serious role. Nothing to date really from Bradley Cooper has ever got my attention, but he really did with this one. And so I think it was so important that he did, because yeah, Ryan Gosling was probably the the, the draw card in terms mm. of the in coming into this. And and so but actually, if I'm to be honest, this is a Bradley Cooper movie for the most part and it certainly follows his story for the most part. And so it was a really interesting split and I found that really, really fascinating. And so it played out, played out really well in the end.
0: Yeah. And I I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I I feel like it's almost uh, a bit of a marketing ploy, right? Like you, I think because this movie is actually about, the the post is misleading in the sense of what it's sort of truly about, but it's, it's also the crux of what the movie is about. So I think it's, and again, because we're sort of going deep into spoilers, I, I just love the whole narrative of uh, the demise of Ryan Gosling's character, um, the role that Bradley Cooper as a as a policeman had in that, the the fact that uh, Ryan Gosling has this um, son that he doesn't know about, and then the story goes on to kind of close the, the arc of his son and Bradley Cooper's son. Um, becoming good friends and, and the flow, like there's so much that happens in in the length of this movie. When like two hours twenty is quite long on the on the spectrum for us, but when I think about the the amount they're trying to cover in that period, I think they do a lot with the with the content.
1: No, they do. There's and there's a lot of story played out across quite a long period of time, and so I think in that respect, I think it definitely earns a you know a runtime of just under two, two hours. Thirty. It's. I think it's. um, So the jolting thing for me. So Ryan Gosling. You know. I mean. I gotta be careful. I say. I've already talked about kind eyes, but Ryan Gosling. He's he's a good-looking guy, right? And and this is like ten over ten years ago, and and he's you know he's pretty cut as well, but he's just he looks absolute trash in this this film, you know. And they've made him out to be that way as well, and and yet. His character, despite some of the awful things he's doing, rubbing banks and the rest of it, you, you you understand his reasons for doing these things, and you empathize with him, and you really go with him on his journey, and you can see the the relationship he has, and you just want him to be. and And so, it just is so shocking um, when he gets when he gets taken out. But the story is a real. Um, dirty story a real story of corruption and and all of those things and i just thought in that respect i would say this is probably one of the best movies of the weeks that we've had this year like i wasn't sure what i'd get but it was really compelling it kept me hooked all the way through and it needed to be for this length so yeah i think too
0: there's there's two other things that I'd love to give this movie a shout out for. I think it's been shot so beautifully. There's so many amazing, um, panoramic, deep and moody scenes which equally kind of I think feed into that whole vibe and tension that plays out in this. And then there's just like and you, you touched on this a little bit earlier. There is some great supporting cast in here, right? Like mm. like Ben Mendelssohn. So So he, good. No, wherever he shows up. Director Kranick. Yep. He, he he bring he brings his A game every time.
1: A million miles away from Director Kranick in this movie, right? I mean, just and the interesting thing is, of course, Rogue One was only four years after this movie, but he just what a what a locker this guy has in terms of his acting ability, because I've seen him in a couple of other things subsequently as well. But he's just sublime in this type of role in that dirty sort of just just like Gosling's character just a really like oh yeah performance wise him also um Maheshala Ali um I always love him every time I see him I mean he was great as Remy and Hasakaz and as Cottonmouth and Luke Cage and he was mm-hmm. good as a support member here even Mendez is someone who I haven't seen a lot of 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 late and I only found out through watching this uh with my wife that he, uh, she is with Ryan Gosling in real life, and all the rest of it. Like I had no idea, and so that chemistry you see on here is 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 so natural. It's brilliant.
0: It's interesting. It's really got me thinking about. Um, like I'm, I'm slightly going off topic here, but but thinking about Ben Mendelsohn, it's got me thinking about a TV show which I've never really given a fair run. Um, called Bloodline, that used to be on Netflix, and it's been recommended oh, yes. to me a few times. And I, he he stars a bit of a wayward brother. And the TV show, and people always rave about his performance in the show. It's kind of making me, oh, should I, should I be checking this out again? Like it's obviously it's been a little while. It's this was a 2015 TV show, but
1: it sparked a bit of interest. If you're looking for a bit of Ben Mendelsohn, my recommendation to you, and I reviewed this a few months ago, is The Outsider, I- a 10 episode series with Jason Bateman, HBO series. Honestly, right up your alley, Dan.
0: Perfect. That's that's another one on my list. I I feel like I've been really busy this year, Paul. I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, as we sort of get deeper into the winter here, of really clearing my backlog and and getting into some some older content.
1: Nice.
0: So, Paul, where is this on the old Guns of Gimbo?
1: I think for what it does, this movie really gives me everything I need. I, I really would come in with a high rating on this one, which I wasn't expecting, as I said, when I first pressed play, I'm going to go with Three and a Half Guns for this movie, Dan.
0: I will join you on the Three and a Half Guns Akimbo, um, only because I think I actually enjoyed it more on the second watch. Mm. And I think it's a movie that that's kind of really aged aged well um, for what it is. And I think it's I, – I feel like there was a period of time and it's sort of around this kind of drive-type era where where this genre was so was was so hot and great cast, as I say, great great writing, great direction, great filmography. It's it's a total package.
1: It is. The one last thing I wanted to say as well, and I should have said it before sorry, is it's one of those movies, and I'm trying to think about the other one we reviewed this year, or maybe in the, the last twelve months or so where I actually feel really uncomfortable having watched it and just like the story just doesn't sit with me well because some things happen that are just not right. And I just, especially when it involves these kids, you know, it's the two kids in the end that really, that's, and I, I probably should have mentioned them by name because the, the two of them uh, were, I thought, absolutely superb. So um, you saying that the rewatch value gives you more, I can really believe because I think I was so shocked by the, the gosling exit that I couldn't almost concentrate for like a, a good 15, 20 minutes and I missed something maybe. But yeah.
0: And I, I, it's funny to say, because I think that's how I felt the first time I watched it. I was like, what? I've been robbed. Like, yeah. you know, but I feel like this time knowing what I was sort of coming into. But in saying that, it's still been at, at least, what well, Nine to ten years since I've watched yeah. this, so so the it it was still kind of like a few things kind of surprised me, and I was like, oh, that's right. But it was it's still a good watch.
1: It's not like one of those movies that are sort of straight to DVD, which have got like a front cover and it's got like Gary Oldman on there on the front. And then you press play and Oldman's actually in it for like three minutes and the rest of it's just – Yeah, yeah. You know, or Bruce Willis is on the front, but actually Bruce is only in it for six minutes. It's it's not like that at all. And, yeah, I mean, the other – we didn't even mention Ray Liotta. I mean, he was also – I know, right. Perfectly cast in this in this sort of role just to play that, you know, you could see elements of his old Goodfellas coming through, just that real intimidating stare, just a real piece of work,
0: yeah. Mm, mm. If you are in New Zealand, you can check this out on TVNZ uh, On Demand. Uh, or if you're anywhere else around the world, I imagine it's, imagine it's got to be on one of your streaming services. It feels like it's right up kind of the the prime video or, or Netflix alley. So hopefully you can you can find it if you've never seen it before or you're due a rewatch. So, Paul, pick of the week. What's it for you this week?
1: I'm going with The Night Agent. I really had a good time. I really recommend it. I i really think this is one i mean look then there's no time for messing around in a month's time we're like halfway through the year so we should be halfway through our top 10 23 list so i'm 100 percent putting this forward as a contender for me as top 10 because i just really enjoyed this as a watch and at the end of the day it's that whole wanting to press play on the next episode like you've been talking about that's how i felt with the night agent so that's my pick of the week what about you
0: I think I, oh, I'm i kind of torn because of, no, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with Succession. It, <laughs> it's so good. I, I, I nearly wanted to go for movie of the week, but I am just, I'm having such a great time with the Succession. Um, it's, as I say, I think from season one, it's, been, I've, I've already known it's going to be in my, my top 10 for, uh, 23, even though I hadn't even seen season four at that point. So it's
1: good. Good. What about the news, Dan? Is the news good?
0: What? Wow. There's it, it's good and it's bad. So oh. there's a few things going on. So I guess the the first thing that we need to talk about is there's the the Hollywood uh, writers' strike and what it could mean for some of our, our future favorite TV shows. So if you take your mind back, Paul, to two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, mm. there was that historic Writers Guild strike, yeah. uh, which I think lasted for about a hundred days. And that had, in my view, as a as a binger of TV shows, catastrophic effects on shows like The Office and I'm pretty sure maybe even like Lost at the time. Like there was a whole bunch of shows that were delayed for way longer than I wanted them to be. And then even when they did come back, like I felt like it took a while for the writing to kind of catch up again because there was probably some, some changes and some movements and people were kind of out of the zone. And yep. I like – i guess don't get me wrong fully support the the guild and what they're trying to do for their writers and the fact that they need better pay and better conditions and they're kind of the the heart and soul of everything that we watch i just i selfishly also kind of fear for some of my favorite shows i I fear for the last of us i fear for house of the dragon you know i it's who knows like we already have got you know 24 25 um waits for some of these tv shows it could be even longer
1: yeah oh look i i feel that pain as well i was for, for some reason i was looking at Star Wars Andor earlier and saw that that's not even due to late 2024 and i'm like that's i can't even comprehend that much time at the moment and it's like i want it now so i i hear that but the number of times i've sat on this podcast and and talked about the writing and how you know when you've got good writing when it, so i just i i feel like they have to do what they have to do. And hey, if it means I have to go back into the lolly jar and find some old content, I am not against that because uh, I'm quite partial to a bit of older stuff. So um, yeah, but yeah, it is always, it was a real big impact the last time it happened. I remember it well.
0: And I think, too, we're probably going to get a bit of a delayed impact, right? Because now it's a little bit of a different landscape. We've got a whole bunch of streamers. Um, they have, like, sort of content that's, like, well in development. But it's where it might hit us is, we, you know, things will probably chug along as per normal for the rest of the year. But then as we start to get into some of those 2024, 20, like, you know, the Ahsoka's, the or the... Um, all of our favorites I think that there will be impacts so I guess we'll we'll wait and see what happens fingers crossed that they can reach a a speedy resolution um but given given the impacts last time I my confidence is low on to some other news so a couple of little little bits of tidbits for you so there is a dodgeball sequel in development um with the Vince Vaughn returning to star in it I love dodgeball Paul great movie
1: i I really enjoy that movie Riptorn was my big draw card there so I just don't know how did they make this movie without Riptorn. I just don't know
0: I look I don't know either I think like Dodgeball's one of those movies that's kind of it kind of feels about it's ready for a rewatch um it's always intriguing to see like this is twenty years ago that first came out so it'll be interesting to see what a a sequel looks like uh what else the Next Mission Impossible movie, uh, Dead Reckoning Part One. That trailer has now been has now launched. Looks awesome, um, and it's actually going to be releasing a couple of days early. So that's going to be coming out on the twelfth of July now, rather than the fourteenth of July. So
1: nice,
0: very exciting. I'm I'm still kind of I know that you did the Mission Impossible rewatch. I'm kind of. Trying to decide whether I I start that rewatch now and prep for this movie or whether I wait for the second movie to come out and then kind of line it all up together. We will see. Hmm. Paul, were you a a Smurfs fan growing up?
1: I was not against them. What's going on?
0: Well, you'll be pleased to know that Rihanna is going to be Smurfette in a new Smurfs movie where she is going to be singing her own Smurfy little songs. Amazing. That's all I've got for you. That, 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 that's all the news on that front. But expect more. I'm intrigued. I I, I love the Smurfs as a kid. Um, haven't seen them for a very long time, but um, I'm sure it will be good. Uh, there is talks that uh, Alita Battle Angel a sequel is in the in the works. Um, still very early days. We reviewed Alita Battle Angel here on the pod. We had a great time. Would love to see uh, a second. Definitely. Two final bits of news from me. So, Pedro Pascal is in talks and sort of final negotiations for a starring role in Gladiator 2.
1: I mean, a sequel I never saw coming. A sequel that makes me angry because it means he's not focusing in Ridley Scott. He's not focusing on Alien, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. I will still be there for it, let me tell
0: you. I know. I kind of don't know if I want it to be a sequel. I'd rather it was almost kind of its own thing, but nevertheless... I, I. I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Pedro Pascal, amazing. Have you seen him at the at the Met Gala? Like, and he's wearing, like, red shorts.
1: He looks... Like, he can get away with anything, that guy.
0: Yeah, that guy. He's the man. He's everywhere. Uh, <clears throat> final bit of news. Sylvester Stallone returning for a cliffhanger reboot. <laughs>
1: at this point it's probably quicker if we say which of his franchises has he not returned to and rebooted mm-hmm. or whatever. But, um, okay, so... Is, is, so that was uh Sharon Stone, is that right? So this is
0: well, I don't know if Sharon Stone wasn't it, but so this was, was the nineteen ninety-three movie. Oh, and so he played Ranger um, Gabriel Walker. And so looked after I remember having the poster to this movie, Paul, on my wall in my in my bedroom. I I for some reason have sort of fun movies. I, I remember the I remember the trailer of like, you know, he's oh, kind of yes. he's scaling across the cliffs, there's helicopters, there's there's bad guys, there's cutting of ropes. It's it, it was a classic for the nineties.
1: It was. No, my mistake. I'm confusing that with The Specialist, which was also a nineties oh, movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yes. Well they they rolled them out fast in the nineties. So look, I don't know what this would look like, but I can already tell you that I bet you there's something the storyline's something along this he's about to retire or he's he is retired uh something goes down there'll be some new young uh apprentice new ranger that works with him and he will help them save the day you've written it i've done it I'll put that in the chat gtp i'll be away anyway Paul, that is the news from me what about you
1: uh so just a couple of things um firstly what happens when you take one of our top 10 TV shows of 2022 and throw in one of our top actors of all time for the second season, the excitement levels for me of having Bob Odenkirk join the cast of season two of the bear. That's like, I don't know how that's going to work. How in my mind he's walking into that kitchen and it's just already great. It's just already great. So I'm excited about that. I haven't read any of the details cause I don't want any spoilers beyond that, but that was quite, um, exciting i thought um and then the other thing i saw we had um sydney chandler is the lead actor in the alien tv series um which uh, noah hawley is uh, working away on and um so that's that's quite exciting always exciting by alien and then you throw in a name like noah hawley and i've got some great big expectations
0: Sounds very good. Now I'm very intrigued about the mail bait this week, Paul, especially with uh, physical mail.
1: I know. It's like it's, it's 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 unheard of. I mean if I is that coming through if I rustle the, the packet there? I mean it's 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 very satisfying because these days you didn't get you, you
0: just deafened our entire audience. <laughs> They're both like
1: <laughs> Can you edit that out? It's it's um it's very rare these days I get anything in the post to be honest it terrifies me when the doorbell rings or it, like if, if we haven't ordered a pizza or a courier like what is it um but a few podcasts back uh you may recall regular listeners may recall that you and I started talking about uh physical media so not streaming services and there was a few people who actually got in contact with us with in the following po- podcast not just from here, but also North America, the UK and Ireland, and the number of people that are you know watching content on Blu-ray or, or DVD and so on. And we started talking about um, we started talking about uh, JB Hi-Fi, who you know the biggest retailer in New Zealand for anyone here looking to purchase you know TV sets or, or movies on Blu-ray or 4K or, or, or DVD or whatever. And and the comments we were talking about was that you know they do that wonderful thing where and you talked about this then where they they make hand handwritten cards next to recommendations in store so members of staff that recommend something just gives you that little bit if you're if you're walking through and you're thinking oh you know is this any good and you hear someone just like this podcast perhaps you sort of it's just sort of tips the balance and think okay maybe i will press play on succession you know it's that sort of thing and then we were talking about what uh we had had said about our podcast from uh, Jim Field Smith, the creator of Criminal UK, uh, and you said, "Oh, if 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 Half Measures was able to be brought from JBFI, our little card would say exactly that." And so today, Dan in the post, and I will just hold it up there, and I will, of course, put pictures up on our social media. Um, this is Half Measures podcast, the Blu-ray. Uh, there we are on the front, looking. I mean, you said last week. Face for Radio, there's there's the evidence in itself. Um, it's even got the little Made in New Zealand thing there. No rating, of course, because, you know, we're a clean podcast. Um, and I just love the detail on the back where it's sort of talking about, oh, yeah, what have you been watching? Movie of the Week, peak performance, news, mailbag, all that. And then it's even got a couple of reviews on there from some of the people that have rated us across our listening podcast uh, platforms. And then on the inside, there's even one of those QR codes that I tested, and it takes you – straight to the uh, where you can find us across 33 different podcast platforms where we're currently listed. And so this came from regular listener Tony from The Man Over 2 and so much exquisite detail on that. As I say, I will post those pictures on our social media, but um, it was just the greatest surprise to get in the mail and – so yeah, it's it's been done in like a, a JB Hi-Fi style, um, the whole thing with the review card. And so a big mehi to you, Tony from the Manoa 2, for doing this. It's awesome.
0: It's very cool. It's very uh it's very heartfelt to kind of see that kind of brought to life. And as you say, I think the attention to detail, the the quotes on the case the the com the use of comic scenes on the spine it, it's yeah. all just so it's so fitting <laughs> it's for a the half measures podcast
1: it's a real measure I love it yeah the um I tell you what then holding this in my hand just because I really feel like now I I do miss that tactile nature of it I feel like I really want to go in and like buy a a four K like I I've always said I would buy some things like I mean, Robert Pattinson's The Batman or something on 4K, something that mm-hmm. warrants it and like some real special purchases. I'm feeling tempted now just by holding this in my hand. So, uh, so yeah.
0: It's funny you say that because I've been um, packing up some stuff around the house recently and I, I came across the very small amount of Blu-rays that I still hold uh, in my possession. So it's st- six of the Star Wars movies. Uh, it's uh, Drive, Fast and the Furious 1, Harry Potter collection. Like It's a very bare-bones collection of dvds but there's definitely a few that i would i'm with you i'd love to own a few on 4k
1: funnily enough just whilst we're on the mailbag and this was completely random timing but someone else picked up on that conversation this is uh, ash from pamson north he says and i quote i'm beginning to lose trust in some of the streaming services particularly netflix the quality isn't what it used to be i'm thinking of firing up my Blu-ray collection and start purchasing them again. I'm thinking of buying Star Trek Discovery on Blu-ray as well as my first purchase. So, you know, are we at that point already, just like vinyl where it's all coming back? I don't know, but uh, we'll see.
0: I think it's not a terrible idea. And I think actually, because there's another Blu-ray actually in that set, which was Step Brothers, which was one of my, my favorite uh, comedy movies of all time. And the reason I own that on Blu-ray is because I went to watch it on Netflix one day and it was a real hard lesson and the things that you love won't always be there, but yeah. uh, but your Blu-rays will. So.
1: That's right. Oh, that is definitely there. I mean, I could talk to you about CDs as well, but let's not open up that kind can of, can of worm. So thank you once again, uh, Tony, for that. That was superb. And as I say, check out Half Measures Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for some photos of that the other thing for the mailbag this week of course is last week's peak performance which was ryan gosling now interesting enough we had no one come through with uh any sort of uh, mention of beyond uh, the place beyond the pines but we do have a few suggestions firstly sarah from wellington she went with the notebook and the nice guys i still haven't seen that and i don't know why because looking at the nice guys it looks like It'll be exactly my kind of Saturday night comedy. Um, Diana from Captain Coast also went with The Notebook. Liliana from Romania tweeted us an unprecedented top four big performances of The Notebook, Drive, Blue Valentine, and La La Land. Uh, Look, Look, Liliana, you can't just come in here with four
0: like on your, your on, is this the first write-in for Liliana like is
1: it, it certainly is yes the the tweet she replied within moments of like the tweet going out so that she was obviously hot on the Ryan Gosling hashtag I'd say
0: what was that other movie you just
1: said is it Blue Paradise Blue Valentine
0: Blue Valentine that is a movie I, I definitely need to watch I've actually heard that it's a little bit of a it's got components of Drive it's got components of uh, The Place Beyond the Pines it's it's one I need to check out and I've actually never seen La La Land so but if she'd listened to the podcast, Paul, I said I was only accepting drive and number one spots. And already all of the riders have disappointed me.
1: <laughs> well, luckily for you, Paddy from Time Traveling Tink podcast. My yeah, boy. Yeah, he gave us his 321 of the Believer second place drive.
0: <laughs> You're joking.
1: <laughs> My boy. And number one peak performance was Crazy Stupid Love. That's the mailbag this week, Dan.
0: I'm, I'm done with this podcast Paul.
1: Let's, let's shut it down let's shut it down oh, i'll have to advertise for a new ho coast
0: oh coast, okay. so, yeah they're hard to get so um should we move on to our peak performance
1: indeed so like our move of the week dan and i take it in turns each week to look back at the career of someone from the industry and try and pick out what we think is the best thing they've done who have we gone for this week dan
0: This week, we are doing Uma Thurman, which was selected by our ho-coast with the most. um, Chose the peak performance this week, so this was an easy one for me. Um, I'm I'm surprised we haven't done Uma Thurman before, but for me, honorable mention, without a doubt, uh, Pulp Fiction, 1994, her role in uh, Pulp Fiction, just second to none, I I can't think about Pulp Fiction and not think about Mia Wallace. I can't think about those amazing scenes, particularly where, you know, takes the adrenaline shot to the heart. It's it's just incredible. The the dance scenes with John Travolta, complete standout performance. But for my actual peak performance, I'm going to have to give it to Kill Bill. So 2003's Kill Bill, the first movie, very much, um, I, I think because she's just such the star of this movie, mm. and it's a movie that we've reviewed Um all of the and ranked all of the quentin tarantino movies and kill bill was very much one of my favorites and i just think her role as the bride fantastic sign me up for kill bill 3 i don't care what the time frame is i don't care what the like i just want more of it fantastic supporting cast fantastic story all of it led by Uma thurman so easy choice for me this week what about you paul
1: Nice. I did go looking in the, you know, how you can see the upcoming section mm. to see if Kill Bill 3 was listed in there. It's still not in there. It feels like it's one of those things that's gone off the, the radar, but you can always dream, right? Uh, so for me, I actually have an honorable mention of a 1997 movie called Gassica, um, which I absolutely love. This for me is probably one of the best sci-fi movies of the 1990s. I feel like I haven't even watched it perhaps even since it came out, I'm going to say, I I think. But it just shows how much this movie resonated with me and Uma Thurman's performance here is great. It's uh, a very tense performance given the nature of the plot. Great opposite Ethan Hawke. And I think one of her, her best leading roles for me, certainly in a genre movie that I love, um, and, uh, and you know with a great story and from you know from kiwi writer director andrew nickel too so i was i was really hoping that and this is going off topic but i was really hoping that there might have been space for an honorable mention for her performance in uh, batman and robin as poison ivy and i really feel like if she was to do a poison ivy today in a modern day batman movie i think she would be absolutely superb but i think unfortunately uh, the direction that that movie went with joel schumacher it meant that we never got that performance but uh i won't go too far off script down i'll take us back to peak performance um and i have to agree with you far and away her most incredible performance is as the bride in in kill bill i guess if i had to choose between because of course there's two volumes i would probably go with with volume one just iconic that look her her delivery of you know, the script, and of course, the script is of the greatest quality. Of course, th- those unbelievable fight scenes, the whole performance is just a league of its own. And I, I can't say enough about the performance. I mean, could you imagine Kill Bill without Uma Thurman as the lead? It's, it's a role that she was, you know, she's born for. It's just superb. So, yeah, Gattaca and Kill Bill. I would
0: easily give a shout out for Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um... Definitely one of the stars of that alongside uh, Alicia Silverstone um, as Batgirl. But anyway, maybe that's a a talk for a future podcast.
1: Indeed. Indeed it is, Dan. In fact, on that note, talking of which next week we will be doing something a little different. We'll be doing one of our deep dives and we're going to deep dive into 1989's Batman can't
0: wait, Paul. I've got um, many a story to share um, and thoughts and feelings about that one. But that probably does bring us to the end of another episode of the Half Measures podcast. It
1: does indeed. Thank you for listening in to this week's podcast. Do get in touch with us. Let us know your peak performance for rowing, uh, for, for Emma Thurman. Let us know uh, what you thought about the night agent or succession or anything we've talked about. And, of course, if you've got anything that you want to pop in the post for us, if it, we're always welcome for that too.
0: Love a good parcel. Also, a very special shout out to our Patreon producers: Samara White and King, Diana Kanawa, Trisha Brady, and Michael Chalmers. If you too would like to become a Patreon producer of the Half Measures podcast, then you can find those details in the show notes below. But until next week, everyone, adiós.